Hello everyone, I'm Elazar and this is Relationships Revisited. Welcome back. Good to be with everyone. In this episode today, we are talking about marriage. We're talking about the first marriage, the first Jewish marriage. In this week's Torah portion of Chai Sara, we learn about the union of Yitzchak and Rivka, of Isaac and Rebekah. And it's a shidduch. Eliezer, the servant of Avram, goes to Avram's birthplace to bring back, hopefully, a, a wife for his son Yitzchak. And Eliezer is successful, and they're on their way back. And the meeting, the first meeting between Yitzchak and Rivka, is described in these terms. It says that she lifted her eyes, and she saw Yitzchak. She saw him, he was out there in the field, he was meditating, he was in the field, and when she saw him, she descended from the camel. She got down from the camel that she was riding upon. She took the, took the scarf that she was wearing perhaps around her neck, and she covered herself more completely. This is the first description of what, is, what happens as they you know, set eyes upon one another, as they see one another, and it has tremendous significance. This, this short little piece has tremendous significance for marriage um, and how marriages are ultimately supposed to go. But first a question, what is marriage really about? When two people make that commitment, they take the plunge, they say, you're gonna be my person, you're gonna be my wife. What's really what's really happening? What's the perhaps the subconscious goal? What are they really trying to accomplish? And I wanna posit that each person is really ultimately looking for a deep, intimate connection with another human being. A commitment that the Torah describes as Vahyulabasar Echod, Vidovak Bi Ishto, becoming one flesh, cleaving to his wife. A very deep level of connection. And if that's the goal, if that's the marriage goal, the question is what brings what type of relating brings a couple into that connective, deep, deeply connective space and and what takes away from it? So I want to say that there's two ways of relating. One is visual, but I don't just mean sight. I don't just only mean sight. And the other is listening, but I don't just mean like listening, you know, just to, to someone else's words or I mean more than that. But so let me explain. So seeing, what if we take seeing, what exactly is the visual sensory experience? Right? When I see something it, in a sense, I'm taking a picture of that thing as it is right now in front of me, and I'm saying, this is real. This is the truth about this thing, okay? And that happens automatically. That happens without without thinking. It's, a, it's just an automatic process. And this is what starts to limit relating. Because when I see something, I take that picture, I say, I've got it. I've got this thing. I know that this is the truth about it. And ultimately, it's not. And that can mean everything from like a person's looks, right? This is like I'm, I'm limiting her to her appearance. But more significantly and deeply, it means I know who you are. I know what you're about. I know what 
makes you tick. And all of this is the visual sense trying to gain, in a sense, control over the experience. And the certainty of it is that I've got it, I'm sure. And again, like I said, the problem is that these conclusions are inaccurate. And even if there's a partial truth there, if there's something that's that is that's partially accurate about the picture that's taken, it's certainly not the whole truth. And if I just stay um, crystallized with that moment, with that with that quote unquote truth, then I certainly am, am being I'm deceiving myself. It's really it's really ultimately a lie. So relying upon one's sight when it comes to an intimate relationship like marriage is so so damaging. You, you think you know what you've got, and you start. You're just really relating to this other person. You're only relating to her as a projection of your own of your own mind. It's just an extension of your visual perception. You haven't even really begun to experience her as her. You haven't even stepped into her world. It's merely you looking out from you and an image of what you see, and that it becomes the truth obviously very limiting for a for a, a a relationship and we'll contrast this with with hearing with listening okay well if sight if if relying upon my visual sense to determine the nature of the relationship is all about me relating to myself really, like an image of you, but really it's a projection of myself. Listening is totally different. Listening is setting myself aside for you. It's setting myself aside and I'm taking in your world. It's focusing on your reality. And that's actually very vulnerable and scary because it's allowing me to be impacted by you. I'm letting go of myself. It allows me to be moved by you, perhaps to be scared by you, perhaps to be overwhelmed by you. But it's making space for you within me. And that is relational. By definition, that's what a relationship is. It's, it's a symptom of self. It's the contraction of self that makes space within me for, you, for, for your world. And then I start to begin to understand you as you, not as a projection of myself. So from the beginning, as Rivka got off that camel and covered herself, both are acts of, of modesty, of, of pulling back. Okay, It's hinting to us that in order to engage in a deeply intimate relationship and and, and continue to grow in ways of to become one flesh, we have to pull back from that visual sense. We have to pull back from thinking, I know the truth about you, what my eyes tell me. So there's modesty as we, as we cover up. And I don't, mean that, I don't really mean physically here, although there's an element of that as well, certainly. But I really mean like, like allowing ourselves to relate to one another in a way that is just not automatically obvious. So when I when I start to think about you and experience you, I'm not coming with my perception. I'm coming with modesty. 
I'm coming with humility. I'm coming with holding back and letting you, in a sense, speak to me, letting the truth of you speak to me. If, if Certainly, if you put everything out there and you overwhelm me visually, so to speak, well, that's, it's going to be harder for me to do that. As you hold back, it allows me to make space. And then there's this like really gentle dance. And we slowly and surely build as this modesty, this respect for the relationship allows each of us to engage in the relationship in a way that feels safe. It feels secure. It feels like I can share with you myself and you won't judge it. You'll accept it. You'll be curious about it. You'll want to know more. You won't put your own conclusions on it. You won't evaluate it in your own world. So just make, make space for me. And as we continue to do that dance back and forth with modesty, with curiosity, with respect, then slowly but very surely, a very deep, connective experience starts to emerge. So when Rivka covers herself, she's saying, in order to connect, we've got to hold back. We've got to hold back to make space, to make space for the other so that we can experience what we both truly want to experience. And I hope this makes some sense. Um, certainly not, modesty is not prudish. Modesty is not about, about how long your skirt is. Or I mean, certainly I don't want to... <laughs> I don't want to be um, uh, sacrilegious here, but modesty is a really about, can I make space for you? Can I hold myself back, my own visual sense, so to speak, back so that I can truly get to know you as you are? Wishing everyone blessings in their relationships and also looking forward to seeing you next time here in the Space Between Relationships Revisited. Thank you.